Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Friday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well on what's been an overcast uh, sort of Friday no rain. There is some rain in the forecast for overnight and early in the morning, but it looks like it'll be out of here well before any events are on schedule. And man, it is a busy, busy weekend. A ton of traffic, I will tell you, around campus right now. As um, I mean, game day, the game day truck is here. Uh, The media had an opportunity. I didn't get a chance to go there. I mean, the media had an opportunity to talk with the game day uh, crew uh, about an hour ago. And then, of course, uh, you've got the uh, dozens of tents from the uh, campers getting ready, trying to get in for game day. And Dan Peck, who I I said yesterday (laughs) will be back, is back. He is back in town. But uh, he and uh, Jacob Goins of of uh, on the line are going to be uh, passing out some hungry Howie's pizza to the uh, to those hardy campers over there uh, by Neville Arena. So they'll be doing that here uh, this hour. Dan will be joining. Uh, Dan will be joining in when he gets done distributing those pizzas. And in the meantime, uh, I mean, I, again, I said yesterday. You know, he's he's our utility guy. <laughs> he's uh, you know, he's he's uh. Uh, been very gracious on short notice. I don't know that I've had any shorter notice than today. When Dan said, <laughs> I'm going to be doing that, I, I had already been thinking, um, I'm a season ticket holder for baseball. Well, I mean, we're season ticket holders for all all of the sports. Uh, but but uh, it would be cool It's to be there for the opening pitch of the opening game. I do believe Big Frank Thomas will be there. Uh, as the his Hall of Fame, the Hall of Fame Club is opening tonight. Um, the all the amenities there underneath are available to the folks that either have the Hall of Fame Club seats or have gotten the add-on into the Hall of Fame Club. So uh, yeah, it, uh, I was thinking maybe I could sneak out a little early, so I don't know exactly when Dan will be here. So we've. We've once again called on Coach Don Dunn to uh, to help out, so that we're not just talking with our with ourselves. Don, how you doing today? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Good to be back. <laughs> Man, a a fun weekend. It's uh uh it, it's it's always. I mean, this is a this is such a busy time of year. We've talked about it. I mean, it's softball's going on, and Auburn softball playing pretty well uh, down in Puerto Rico, and then uh, uh, then you've got the um, baseball season getting started today. Gymnastics on the road at LSU. 
Basketball, of course. Game day in town for the Auburn-Kentucky game tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, I heard heard Jacob talking about this a little earlier, but it's interesting. I, I Yeah, I heard, heard a Kentucky uh, media member say, this is as big a game as Kentucky has had all year because after losing three at home, they really, really need this one. They, they got back on the winning track against Ole Miss on Tuesday night, but they're really hoping that they can uh, pull off a big road win against a team, Auburn, the only team in the SEC that hasn't lost a home game. Yeah, that would be a big, big upset if Kentucky you know, came in here and won. And, I, and like we were talking, I think one of their better players is out, Trey Mitchell, with right. a shoulder injury. But, yeah, it's an exciting time. You can always tell I always, like a nut, drive through downtown. <laughs> and uh, it's it's busy. It's buzzing. There's people on the corners. There's, you know, a lot of people in the in the, in front of the library. and It's just an exciting time. And, uh, you know, you got game day coming. You got Pearl – Pearlville going on and uh, yeah, he great. likes to call it Jungleville. Yeah, he, I know. You know, I know. He, he doesn't like. He, he doesn't, doesn't want like, to be like what was yeah. it? Josephskyville. Yeah, he or, doesn't want it named after him. So. Yeah, but that's great. But hey, what a great time to be a college student! You got a you know oh yeah top basketball team, a gymnastics, baseball, softball, uh, decent weather, and great, great, great weekend ahead. Oh, no question. Now, hopefully, the weather holds out. As I mentioned. Uh, there's a chance of rain overnight and early. Uh, so that, uh, well, that's actually, um, no, it is overnight and then, and then early. So, mm-hmm. so the, the campers, um, gotta, gotta watch out tonight, but at least, at least it's not going to be as frigid as it's like going to be. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, tomorrow night and Sunday night, it's going to be much colder. Mm-hmm. Uh, tonight won't be quite as cold. I believe it's going to be in the mid forties. 46. Yeah. Mid forties tonight, but there is a chance of rain. Yes, fifty percent before we get uh, to tomorrow morning. And so then tomorrow night is thirty two. Yeah, or thirty three. So that's what I mean. <laughs> at least, they, at least they won't be out there when yeah. it's that frigid. Yeah. Hopefully the tents are waterproof. <laughs> uh, so, but anyway, Dan and uh, Jacob are heading over, and they'll have some goodies for the uh, folks there, courtesy of Hungry Howie's, uh, loading them up with some pizza to uh, take to the uh, to the campers over there in. Uh, Pearlville, but but as Bruce likes to call it, Jungleville. Had a chance to um, to listen to Coach Pearl a couple of hours ago. He he had some time, and I mean, just talking about you know the 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 road that it has been and coming from where Auburn was, you know, and saying uh, when he came to Auburn, he didn't want to be dragging the rest of the conference down, and he said quite frankly, when he was at Tennessee, Auburn wasn't uh, they they weren't. They weren't bad. They weren't really good. But it wasn't a game that they got excited, excited about. Right. He, and saying now, yeah. you know, he wanted to get Auburn to the point where the Auburn team is a team that other that other teams, players, and fan bases are excited about playing, and they're there now. Yes, no doubt. And, you know, he did the same thing at Tennessee. Oh, yes. He, he got those guys going and their fan base and – you know, being from Kentucky myself, I know those fans up there are really worried about Coach Pearl and the Auburn Tigers. Not just this year, oh, yeah. every year. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and another big ball game for Auburn. I mean, if Auburn's going to uh, contend for the SEC title, if they're to stay in the race for the regular season title, you got to win at home. Yeah, you got to defend the home turf. And uh, uh, Auburn's got Kentucky at home. They got a week off next week, as we spoke with Dylan Cardwell yesterday. 
So they'll have the upcoming week off before they take a week-long road trip, starting with a Saturday game in Athens, turn around midweek at Knoxville to wrap up mm-hmm. the month of February. Yeah, I think that's a well-deserved uh, week off. You could kind of tell in uh, the young man's voice. You know, they're, they're it's a long season. You know, oh yeah, and uh, practice and travel and school. We forget that these kids still have to go to class, and uh, I'm sure coach will give them a few days off, get them get their legs back under them, and and have a good week of a lot of mental stuff, maybe a lot of film. So you know, not as hard practices. Yep. So. Uh, uh, so so that's what we have going on. We've got Don here uh, with us. Uh, it's Bill and Don here. And uh, in the early portion of hour number one, we should have all three of us before the end of the hour. And then uh, once uh, once Dan and Don are here uh, and we get at least to the top of the hour, I'm going to head out and go pick, <laughs> up, uh, go pick up my wife. And, and we're going to head over for opening night Good. over at uh, Plainsman Park. Looking forward to that. Chase Good. also getting the start for the Tigers. We had a chance to talk with him yesterday. Drew, see if you can find the there's some there should be some audio there from yesterday with Chase Alsop and Cooper McMurray. Uh Chase getting his first opening day start mm-hmm. and uh the the, uh, the the big right-hander, I mean Butch Thompson talking about him, you know, he's 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 always had the stuff. He said he's become more efficient. Hmm. And yesterday explaining that uh, that means for a right-hander that the being able to consistently get the fastball moving in on right-handers away from lefties. If you can spot that one, then you've set up and you got everything around it. He's got the stuff. He has, I mean, he's he's built like a power pitcher. Um, and and we 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 uh, talked with Chase and Cooper a little yesterday. If we can if we can find the audio, we'll let you hear a little of that. We'd love to hear from you though. Anything you want to talk about sports wise here on this Friday edition of the Drive, and uh, you can do so by calling the Drive Hotline. That's sponsored by Skybar, and the number is three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Or you can text us on the drive text box and the uh, text box sponsored by Southeastern industrial contractors who also sponsor the podcasts of the drive where you can find them anywhere where you normally find your podcast. And the text number is three, three, four, five, six, four, 1840. We'll go ahead and get to our first break of the afternoon. We'll let you hear some of the uh, comments from Auburn's opening night starter. Again, your phone calls come first though. Love to hear from you here on the Friday drive. Calls for 50 degrees with winds out of the north at about 12 to 15 miles an hour. And wow. it, it says the winds are going to be steady at 12 and gusting to 20 for the entire from mid-morning until nighttime. And that's the high. The high is going to be around 50 before it drops down to 32. So um, for this evening, yeah, you may want to, uh, you know, make, make sure you've got a jacket or something for this evening for tomorrow. Uh, you, you, you probably need layers for tomorrow, especially if you're going to, if you're going to go to baseball, uh, but you'll want layers because in the arena it's warm. Yeah. So it's going to be cold at the ballpark, warm at the arena and going to be packed at the arena tomorrow. I mean, uh, believe these are the, it's the most credential requests Mm -hmm. they've had for any game this year with Kentucky coming in. Kentucky, 
first of all, Kentucky has the largest traveling contingent of media. It's, it's not even close when it comes to SEC basketball. I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's because they're Kentucky. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're, they expect it. They're used to it. Uh, as Bruce Pearl said today, I mean, they are the gold standard in SEC basketball, and they will be, and they always will be. I mean, the only way they wouldn't be is if there was a 50-year run by somebody else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not just other teams. It would yeah. need to be somebody else for yeah. Kentucky not to be the gold standard. So, so yeah, that's going on tomorrow. Again, tonight, though, 6 o'clock, first pitch with uh, Chase Alsup on the mound for the Tigers. And as I said yesterday, we had a chance to uh, spend a In the windup, kind of getting lost in my movements a little bit, so we changed it to strictly stretch and then trying to just be more straight line to the plate, throw more strikes. That was the biggest thing. Chase, you, how, how exciting is it to get the ball on opening day? And it's something that you've kind of worked towards this, this, this moment for the last couple of years. It's very exciting. I mean, I would say it's more of a dream that a lot of little kids have of being a starter opening day at SEC school. So to kind of be able to fulfill that dream is really exciting. Cooper, how's the comeback? Going, you feel like you're all the way there. And you're excited about you know just getting out there in a real game. Yeah, weekend. it's good. It's uh, you know I haven't haven't really played a, or our inter squads are our first time I've gotten to play a game since the regional. So uh, it's been fun. I mean, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't frustrating a little bit, like struggling. But you know, Tony and uh, CJ are the two of the best in the business. So I've put all my faith in them, and they've uh, they've helped me a ton. So yeah, feeling good, ready to play. You like Bobby. Um, Stan Phil, but a lot of other new faces in the lineup. How do you guys feel about the group? Uh, yeah, no, uh, I think it's a special group. Uh, like I said, like Mason Manners, I, I said this to somebody the other day, like all that kid does is have good ABs. And uh, there's plenty of guys on the team, like the returners and the new guys and that are going to fight you every pitch. And uh, that's what we need to be successful. And so that's what we're looking forward to doing. Coop, this pitching staff, you guys see them on the other side. Depth, there's a lot of different arms. Um, do you feel like that's the strength of this team is going to be the number of guys that, that, that you guys can throw at people on the other side? Yeah, I think so. You know, uh, Coach Thompson likes to call it the peacock, but uh, we got we got every every different arm angle you could think of from Bauman to John. And, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be a big strength for us and uh, their ability to throw strikes and their ability to let, let guys get themselves out. So. Chase Butch mentioned efficiency. He said uh, that's the area that he feels like you've improved the most in. Do you feel that way? And what does sort of that mean, being more efficient? Yes, sir. I feel like that's something that I have gotten better at. And when he's talking about efficiency, he's more or less just how quickly can you end the at-bat and or getting the first two out of three pitches be strikes. So getting ahead early, staying ahead, and then finishing the at-bat as quick as possible is what he's saying as efficiency. And I guess following up on that, to to kind of to hear maybe you know what you've improved on to, to then lead you to, to you know to to getting the Friday start on on opening weekend, like is that validating at all, or, or kind of what is the the feeling of getting that from your coaches? Yeah, I feel like it's a really big honor to have the coaches look at somebody and say that this is who we want to start the season off, and I feel like the work that everybody's put in has been really good, and I mean I can't do it alone. So I got to rely on Cooper and the guys behind me just as much as they're relying on me to throw strikes. So, Chase, talk about the um, the the new technology, the analytics that uh, Coach Tiford is bringing in, and, and 
how, how you feel that's affected you? So we've always had the track man since I've been here, but the understanding of what the, the data that is being put out there for us and how to actually recognize what's going on in that aspect of it, he's done a really good job of explaining like, hey, your numbers need to look like this because this is your arsenal, but mine is different than John's because we're two different styles of pitchers. But really just being able to understand like how your arsenal works the best and how to bring it to a higher point. Cooper, have you been hitting the foul poles a lot uh, during <laughs> preseason practice? No, I haven't. I haven't. So. Save it for the season then, yeah, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, just uh, a few comments there from Auburn's starting pitcher tonight, Chase Alsup and Cooper McMurray. A big left-handed bat there at first base. Really looking forward to this. Don't know that much about Eastern Kentucky. Really, we haven't really talked much about Eastern Kentucky when, uh, uh, when the coaches or players have been talking. It's been more about getting Auburn ready, and I, I think they feel like they are. They're ready to go against someone other than themselves. Again, uh, just looking forward to it. It's going to be – all right, I, I want to caution, folks. You may, you may want to leave a little early. Mm-hmm. To get to the uh, to the ball game, I probably shouldn't say that because I'm not going to be able to leave as early as other folks <laughs> will, and I'd love a parking place. Yeah, but there are a lot of things going on. You've got the construction going on down uh, Donahue there down the first baseline. You'll notice that it's not that doesn't affect the seating right now. It's not going to affect that. But boy, you can you can see there's going to be something there. And uh, as as we were talking with Butch Thompson yesterday, you know he was talking about the Three stories. It's going to be three stories tall with all the suites and the press box down the first baseline. Uh, so that's under construction. They were working feverishly yesterday to finish up the what they're calling the back 40. And that is the tiered um, area now out in right center. Last year, last year, remember, it was just the gra- it was just the 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 slope of the hill out there behind behind the uh, right center field fence. Well, and and they they had taken it down the uh, some of the fence so you could sit and see through. Mm-hmm. Well, the fence is back up, but they put tiered seating there, built uh, some wooden couple of wood tiers that are out there. They were trying to finish it up because we were hoping we could get out and take a look at it yesterday. He said, nah. There's still construction. There could be splinters or nails, and you know you don't yeah. want don't want to take any chances right. on having to cash in your insurance <laughs> here th- th- this early. But they were going to get everything done. I said, so is it going to be ready for today? And Red Hobart said, yes, it, it's going to be ready today. That they would work late, they'd be doing it during the day. They've been, you know, they've been fortunate. Not bad weather to be working in either yesterday or today. So that is an area, and I think a lot of people were thinking, well, that's just for students. It's not just for mm-hmm. students. That is first-come, first-served students and the general public hmm. uh, there for the, for the tiered seating. But I've got a feeling with, uh, with all the students that are camping out ready to get into basketball, some of them may tag out, come over <laughs> to baseball for a little while, then head over. I mean, as long as somebody is in the tent or got their place in mind, right. I think they'll be fine. Speaking of that, uh, our own Dan Peck and Jacob Goins of On the Line are over there at uh, uh, among all the campers and tents, passing out Hungry Howie's Pizza. So uh, Dan will be back. Uh, will be back 
in just a little while, and uh, he will continue. And and uh, we'd love your thoughts. I mean, how excited are you about the start of baseball? Um, what are your thoughts for this Auburn-Kentucky matchup tomorrow? As Bruce Pearl was talking earlier, I mean, this is an extremely talented Kentucky team. They're long. They've got uh, good. They've got good size in the front court, and but especially in the back court. I mean, um, you know, they've they've got a couple of guys at six four and six six. They've got at least three or four, as, as he said today, probably five guys that uh, NBA scouts are saying will play in the league mm. on this team. That's how talented Kentucky is, and they and you know that's no surprise. They always are very talented. It's been a frustrating year for Kentucky. They have shown at times signs of just being so explosive uh, offensively, but then they've had some lapses defensively. You you worry about that when you have a lot of freshmen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's one of the things we worried about early on about Auburn, not just so much freshmen, but so many new faces. And you wonder about players that, that have come in and are used to being the man, the leading scorer, and how are they going to be able to fit in? At Kentucky, it's been, well, they're all continuing to score, but they they really have not just been uh, very consistent defensively. At Auburn, I mean, you've seen guys like, you know, Denver Jones is a guy that averaged 21 points a game at Florida International last year. He's, becoming, he's come in and become Auburn's defensive stopper. Mm-hmm. Um, Chad Baker-Mazzara has been able to, uh, you know, go from being – the best player on his team for the last couple of years to uh, a great sixth man, if you will, even though he's one of five mm-hmm. that uh, doesn't start that plays significant minutes. Uh, Chaney Johnson's another guy that, that I mean, all these guys have bought in, and, and Auburn's defense has really been the, the most consistent thing about this team all year. I mean, they, they, had, a, they had an off game down in Gainesville, but, I mean, Auburn's, Auburn defensively, um, you can count on you can count on them to really get after you defensively. So that's that's what's going to be interesting tomorrow. How does Auburn how does Auburn defend a longer, very athletic Kentucky team? How's this ball game called? Yes. Uh, I mean, because you know, again, we haven't seen it. I mean, Auburn's been fortunate. You haven't seen Janai or Jalen get into bam quick foul trouble. You know, something like that were to happen, that would that would not be good either. So, uh, I mean, some very interesting matchups for that 5 o'clock tip tomorrow over at Neville Arena. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Love to get your thoughts on tomorrow's matchup. And, uh, you know, as as we head, start heading down the stretch here in the regular season of college basketball or the uh, start of baseball. We're just... We're just uh, 11 days from the start of spring football practice at Auburn as well. So, I mean, there's a lot going on. And uh, we'd love for you to join in again, 334-321-1390. That's the Drive Hotline sponsored by Skybar. Or text us on the Drive text box that is brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And that number is 334-564-1840. Bill and Don, Dan will be joining when he gets through delivering pizzas. He's done that once or twice. I've done that. You ever done that? Uh, no, I've never delivered them. I've eaten them. Oh, well, I've, I've eaten As plenty. you can tell. Drew, have you ever delivered pizzas? No, I have not. No, I've done about well, everything I guess else. I'm the only one in the room. I know yeah. Dan has. Yeah. I did that Wow. Uh, when I was a sophomore here at Auburn. The very first delivery pizza in Auburn 
was called was a place called Chinello's Pizza. I'll be darned. And it was over where Subway is uh-huh. now on uh, 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 Donahue. Yeah, okay. not Donahue on uh, Mag. It was on West Mag. Uh, it's right there where Subway is. Okay. And yeah, we had little uh, we had little Toyotas, uh-huh. uh, and we had little warmer boxes. Yep. That that our pizzas yep. would go in, uh, and it was it was pretty darn good. But I yep. think I think uh, the drivers, of course, not me, uh, were were uh, were notorious for losing pizzas. Oh yeah. You know we. Uh, no, I, mean, I shouldn't say we. Well, I look the statute of limitations is passed. That's right. I mean the drivers would go out with maybe. Uh, with with four or five pizzas uh-huh. to deliver, get two of them delivered, and somehow while they were <laughs> delivering those, the other two might have been stolen. I got you, and somehow wound up at their friends' houses. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, I never delivered pizzas. I, my, most of my jobs in college were were in the cafeteria, which oh okay makes sense. Dishwasher, cook. Uh, I remember I was on uh, what do they call that student uh, work study. Yeah, work study, and I had the cafeteria, but uh, that was good too because all my friends got. When we steak night, that was very oh, popular. Oh, yeah, I bet you were. <laughs> All right, we'd love to hear from you. Come on in and join us. We're just a quarter of the way in here on the Friday Drive. Yeah. Zero two or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill, Coach Don Dunn here in the studio, Drew at the controls. We'd love for you to join in. Give us your thoughts on the big matchup tomorrow, Auburn, Kentucky. The uh, the Tigers, um, you know, are are right there, a half game out of first place uh, in the SEC race. I mean the the standings because Alabama uh, had the week off. They're nine and two. Auburn nine and three, and then uh, Kentucky is uh you know as as disappointing as it seems like they've they've been they're only a game back in the loss column yeah they're seven and four and 17 and seven overall coming in with uh, a, a very talented young roster which is I mean that's what Cal usually has mm-hmm. I mean he's got great NBA prospects on that roster I know there's some Kentucky fans though that uh that are tired of that, they would rather they'd rather talk about championships than first round picks. Yeah, they're very upset with uh, that situation. Uh, like I said, I I have a lot of friends in Kentucky, being from Kentucky, family still in Kentucky, sure. and uh, they're they're really tired of hearing about all the NBA guys. They want to get back to the at least the second weekend of the NCAA tournament, and uh, yeah, it's it's a pressure filled job for sure. Oh no, no question about it. I mean, this is you, you wonder. I mean, there, there's been there's been talk, but Cal's got basically a lifetime deal. I mean, it's going uh, the situation. The, the deal that he has with them is he would coach until he's ready to move into another position there in the Kentucky Athletic Administration. Right. Right. So I mean, it's it's easier said than done of them just replacing him as head mm-hmm. coach. Yeah. That's that's correct. They gave him a lifetime contract, and uh, yeah, he would move into you know fundraising or you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That is the uh, drive hotline presented by Skybarn. Let's get to the phone, and Yellowhammer is up first. Hey, Yellowhammer. Hey, afternoon, Bill. Hey, Coach Dunn. How uh, you doing? All right. 
So um, here's the thing. You know how coach, I mean, you know how referees and officials can put their hand on a game. And so last night playing uh, um, South Carolina, I didn't see it, but I listened to it on the, on the radio when I heard Sonny Smith remark that it was the most physical game he'd seen in a long, long time. And so I'm just wondering what you thought of the game in terms of uh, what, how the refs handled that because, you know, some refs will say, well, let them bang, and then others call them the fouls if they look funny. And so I just wonder what you thought about the way that game went in terms of the refs handling it and the fouls. Well, you know, I, I agree, I mean, with with, with the point. And, and uh, oh, that reminds me, we need to, we need to uh, see if we can catch up with Sonny here in just mm-hmm. a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, the game was extremely physical, but I thought it was called pretty fairly – uh, I thought early in the second half, the officials needed and did start start whistling a little bit more because it became it started getting a little more and a little more and a little more physical. So I don't think that the South Carolina felt like the officiating was one of the reasons that they lost by forty. I think it was one of those where the officials let them play for a while, but then hey, they couldn't let it keep going at that at that rate. Oh, okay, well so. Anyway, I'm thinking that's, that was a good thing to go through because uh, uh, from here on out, uh, there won't be anybody who can really pull that on Auburn. They'll be ready for that kind of stuff. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully that's the case. Of course, uh, I mean, there, there's still going to be a couple of more physical matchups, and, and then you never know when you get in the postseason either. Well, Kentucky be? Uh, Kentucky group. is not as physical. They're, they've got great size, but they're not they're really not, a team that yeah. is, is, is that type of. Um, brute strength, no. Okay, well, um, I uh, uh, I just uh, called in before that game last night, and, you know, I'd ask you, what could Auburn do to move themselves up a notch above all that parity? Well, keep playing, like, keep playing like they did. Hey, hey Yellowhammer, we appreciate it. Uh, we're going to get to uh, one of our favorites. Uh, we're going to call in. Hall of Famer, Coach Sonny Smith joining Bill and Coach Don Dunn here on this uh, Friday afternoon. Sonny, how you doing today? Great. Hope you guys are. Oh, we're, we're doing fine. I mean, still trying to, uh, you know, ease some, some folks down from the clouds after that performance on Wednesday night. As complete a whipping as I've seen Auburn hand a, a uh, very well-respected team as I can ever remember. They're, play, they're playing outstanding right now. Offense, defense, special situations. You know, uh, I think one thing, I don't know if we all are, are responsible for this, but our second five, who is as good as the first five, I don't think they get as much uh, respect as they deserve. Because, you know, when we make a substitution with a number of players, we don't usually lose a lot. We usually no. gain some. And it, it's been in, it's been unst- unbelievable what we've been able to do. Oh, you're you're absolutely right about that. And I mean, um, playing as many players as many minutes as Auburn does, sometimes uh, the numbers don't don't just jump out at you. But but you're absolutely right. No. You look you look at those uh, other numbers that aren't usually in the box score, but did you see later on the plus <clears throat> minus of those guys? And uh, you can see that. Things don't let up, and you're absolutely right. Sometimes they really improve when they get out. I still think I think one of the one of the least um, hyped players on the team is Chad Baker Mazzara, Sonny, and and he he just does he can he can do it 
on both ends of the court, he can create sure. things offensively and defensively. Yeah, he goes inside, he goes outside, he plays like a guard, he plays like a power forward. He's a very talented young man. And one thing we probably never mentioned, but he's an outstanding defender. Yes, he, he is. He, he, he makes it very difficult for you to shoot over him because he puts great pressure on him. He's got those long arms. Uh, he's been a great addition to this team, I think. You know, I, I was talking about this a little while ago, and I know we've talked about it with you here, but the, the the ability for Coach Pearl and his staff to bring these guys, the newcomers, the first-year players, like Chad Baker-Mazzara, Denver Jones, uh, that, that come mm-hmm. in and have been the top scorer on their teams when they come in, and to see how well they have become defensive stoppers. Denver Jones is is really, I mean, He's uh, he, he's a guy that that uh, Auburn doesn't mind putting on the best guard on the other team. I think that's one of Bruce Pearl's strongest points. He can bring a guy in and put him into the system, and the guy plays the way he wants him to play. And in, and he might have come from a program or came whatever the English is, and he uh, probably played a different role where right. he was a main guy or a lesser guy. But he fits into the system that they set up, and I think that's one of our strongest points. I really do the way they fit into the to whatever he wants them to play. Yeah, that that's just been uh, amazing to watch, and 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 how many different players can step up and have big roles. I thought again, uh, you couldn't help but notice, uh, you know, Janai and Jalen hitting all the threes the other night and and scoring twenty apiece for the second straight home game. But I thought yes. Trey I thought Trey Donaldson was fabulous the other night. Well, you know, uh, I was talking with a group just recently. They never seem we never seem to bring up or they didn't bring up our guard play. Uh-huh. Our guard play, I don't even think about them until they've already done it. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? And they're playing really well and uh, I think you and I probably the first time we've even brought it up on your shows. Well, it, it it has really been it has really been solid. I know Aiden has struggled, and and man, I, it's perplexing. It is so perplexing because you know Justin Ferguson, who's at every single practice, talking about it. Yes. You know, at practice, he's lights out, and every time he lets, every time the ball's in his hand and he's about to shoot, he feels like it's going in, and it's got to be very frustrating for Aiden that he's not able to get that. But it hasn't translated to his defense or turnovers. He's still not turning the ball over, and he's playing better defense than you would think a true freshman uh, at his size would be. Well, our guard play has been excellent, and very rarely is it talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I was thinking the day I was on a show with someone, and I said, well, I've, I've never said anything about the guard play, but our guard play is really good, and the guy you just mentioned is a big, big part of that. Oh, yeah, no no question. Hey, we had a caller as we were coming on was wondering about uh, – he said he was listening to you the other night, so I'm, I know he was enjoying it. Uh, I was over there, so I didn't get to hear the broadcast, but that was mm-hmm. that was a very physical game. South Carolina doesn't have the length that some teams do, but that was a physical game. I actually thought the officials were pretty fair with it, but they, they needed to start blowing the whistles there in the second half. Before uh, you know, before somebody got a, a personal foul. Well, I tell you this: South Carolina is, is a good basketball team. Yeah, South Carolina tries to make you play the way they want you to play. 
You know, they really are the most physical team we play. Maybe not from a talent standpoint, but from a coaching standpoint, the way they, way they really get after you. I think they've done an outstanding job. And I don't think they – well, I may be totally wrong, but I don't think they're as talented as their record. No, I agree. I, I think Lamont Paris, despite that loss, and even even more losses this year, is still probably your SEC coach of the year because they were picked dead last, and they've got 21 wins. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly what I was looking at. And, not, and they do it in a lot of great ways. They really mm-hmm. guard you, and they do it without foul trouble, and they, well, they get good. And actually, their depth is a little bit better, and I think we give them credit for it. Oh, yeah. Well, tomorrow, I mean, man, the, the crowds are already there. Kids have been camped out since the ball game ended on Wednesday night with game day tomorrow morning and then uh, tip off at 5 o'clock against Kentucky. This is, uh, um, this is a, a, an uber-talented Kentucky team. I know they lost three straight home games for the first time in, you know, nearly 60 years, but, boy, you cannot – you cannot take anything for granted against a team that's got this kind of talent. Well, it's not because they're weak. No. It's not because they're not filled with talent in all positions and a pretty good backup group. It's because this league might be, from top to bottom, as good as I've seen it in a long time from a competitive standpoint. You cannot go out on the court against anybody in the league and think you've got to win. You know, a lot of times for over the years, it's been you glad. Well, we're going to win tonight. Well, you can't say that at any time. They've been a good road team. They've been a good team in uh, in every way, and and that's the way the league has gone to me. Yeah, when you when you look at Kentucky, what's your biggest concern from Auburn's point of view? I I think the way that they try to get into the gaps on the dribble, uh, and the way they move the ball is is a situation where you don't want to get in foul trouble with the way that they attack the basket and the way they attack with their offense. And I think it's it's not a pass around a perimeter and take take something uh, the first easy one. They really make you work on offense. And I think getting in foul trouble is the one thing we got to avoid. Yeah, Bruce was talking with us a little earlier just about they have uh, so many guys with the ability – to, uh, to, to shoot well, three or four guards that project to be uh, playing in the league here uh, whenever they decide to, uh, to move on. But then they've got, they, they've got size inside. I mean, this is a team that's got a little bit of depth. I, I, I'm a little concerned about the, the defensive guard matchups because they've got some bigger guards mm-hmm. that, can, that can shoot over Auburn's guys, and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Denver Jones a little more at the point because of that. Yeah. Yes, and I tell you this, I think we've all, uh, we, we all thought Kentucky is going to be much better than they have, and they probably are as good as we think they are. But uh, as I say again, I think it's got something to do with this league being as good as it is. And I, I, I kind of took myself off your question because I didn't remember it really well. Well, but uh, I will say this our guard play is not talked about as much as they are good. They play their roles extremely well. They really defend. And our guys are long and lean and, and make some good defenders. We, we, we're an outstanding defensive team, even off the bench, I think. Hey, well, it should be a great matchup again tomorrow. It's going to be like, uh, going to be like last uh, Wednesday against Alabama. You and Andy are going to have to hold those headphones tight to be able to hear each other. 
it is getting so bad, hard, uh, good behind us uh-huh. that it makes it difficult every night. Our mm-hmm. our crowds are doing an outstanding job, especially the students are so into this basketball team, and everybody's telling me all the all, all the tents and everything that they had outside. So. Uh, I expect tomorrow to be nothing any better than any more than what we've had all year. Well, everybody looking forward to it and looking forward to the broadcast with with you and Andy. Sonny, we really appreciate you spending a little time with us. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you for having me on, fellas. Thanks a lot. All right, take care. Coach Sonny Smith, he's a gem. I mean, he, 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 he's him. just he's one of the best. And, you know, like we talked earlier in the year, I was fortunate enough to be at East Tennessee State, and, and you know, he was coaching there. Before he came to Auburn, he was the head coach. And he's from Roan Mountain, Tennessee, which is in the middle of nowhere up in the mountains right before you get into North Carolina. And, and you know, Donna cleaned his teeth. And the story, she would come home just, just Hysterical, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, and, and they were all true. He and, is, what, he is hey, one of the just most naturally yeah, funny, great entertaining guy. human beings great guy. that you will ever meet. So, hey, Dan's back. And yeah. uh, you, you had some leftovers, huh? Yeah, Hungry Howie's. I'm not on the mic. I can't answer. Yeah, no, we can we can hear that. Hungry wow. Howie's supplying wow. hey, uh, food for the for the campers and crowd over over at uh, Neville Arena. We'll get uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll get Dan's thoughts on that and welcome him in when we come back for the final segment of hour number one here on the Friday Drive. <laughs> Conservative Justice Sarah Stewart with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive final segment of hour number one as uh, we, we have briefly a pretty full studio as uh, it's it's Bill, Coach Don Dunn, Drew at the controls, Dan Peck, yeah, I have, back I have a, in from uh, from delivering pizza. I have a game tonight, so I have to leave in uh, in ten minutes to go. Uh, go, go no, cover. I have <laughs> I, I have a game that I'm going to go to, so I'm going to leave in about ten minutes. No, actually. you know I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm a little bit late, but I was oh, delivering no, no, man. as as you mentioned. Great, thought- great thing to be uh, handing out handing out free food to the uh, kids that are over there. Hanging out, ready to get into Neville. Yeah, big big shout out to uh, to Jacob and Allie here at the radio station for helping us out with the uh, with the handout there, and we were able to to give pizza to a lot of kids who'd been Great. waiting out, outside Neville Arena for a long time in the tents. And it's a I, my one regret is I wish I'd I was handing out pizza so I could not take as many pictures. Allie took a bunch of them, but it, it's an incredible scene out there right now. I mean, I, I took I've, a peek. I took a peek today when I went over and listened to uh, some comments from Bruce. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, it's I mean, crazy. I, I, yeah, I, I was too young for Woodstock bill, but I mean, this is like, this is Pearl stock. Well, Bruce I mean, said, Bruce now, world. Bruce this said is, he had never, he had never camped out for an event. He talked about camping out and things like that. Uh, I, I don't know that I ever camped out for, an athletic event? Does waiting in line on Black Friday for a P- for a for a TV? That's close. Count because I did close. that once. <laughs> we did spend the night. We we camped out before the Eagles came to Auburn <laughs> way back in the day. How close were you to the front of the line? Front row. There you go, Bill. Wow. All right, there you go. Wow. Yeah. That's what you do. That if for. you're gonna camp, yeah, if you're gonna camp out, you're getting yeah. you're getting those kind of Absolutely. seats. Absolutely. But no, yeah, it's, I mean, it's I an amazing. Up and grab Joe Walsh's. If you if you get <laughs> the chance in the next. You know, twelve hours or so, 
safely take a stroll through there and see like what the, I mean this is an, it's just an incredible scene there in the village as they uh, as as and I'm sure it'll you know it'll build tonight oh you and know then, it and then and then tomorrow as well I mean and and there's something going on in the Coliseum as well oh is, is there a... the robotics competition <laughs> oh that, is that right okay yeah well baseball and basketball and now, do they fight game day do they fight in the robotics competition they or should it... yeah no I, <laughs> I believe think so. I believe they're all tasked with like yeah with like doing something right, right? it's like oh you need to teach it to open a it's bottle not, it's or... not it's not rock'em sock'em yeah it's not anything, I mean no. there is there is an event for that but they don't do it at the Coliseum no that's um, true <laughs> they should <laughs> they should do it at the the Roman Coliseum is where they should do it no but so so. Uh, the and, and we also want to say big shout out to Hungry Howie's. Oh, big, absolutely! Big shout out to Vic at Hungry Howie's. They've been serving Auburn since '07. Uh, Don, when I brought the pizza in, you mentioned you're you're a fan as oh, well. Oh yeah, of, yeah. At least once or uh, once a week, I go get the the works with everything. Oh, it's it's uh, the the deals are good. You got yeah. the the wings, everything there on South College. And I always thought one of the best phone numbers in town because and and I guess this dates back to when it was the, the they had the five dollar pizza specials. Yeah. It's eight two six five 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 five. Yep. The Easy Hungry to Howie's remember. number, yeah. and and you can also order online hungryhowies.com. Vic, we uh, we thank you for helping us uh, feed some some Auburn fans there outside the arena. All right, so I since Don is uh, since Don and Dan are here, if it's okay with you guys, I'm gonna go uh, pick up the wife, and we're gonna head over to see uh, the opening pitch for opening night. Sounds so, good. Uh, yeah, so there's plenty to talk about. We've got audio we can run as well, but. Love to hear from you in hour number two of The Drive here on this Friday afternoon. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello and welcome in. It is the Friday edition of The Drive. I still work here. <laughs> Dan Peck. Bill Cameron has gone to opening day. I think an excused absence. Bill Cameron going to go check out Plainsman Park. Newly renovated Plainsman Park. Auburn's got Eastern Kentucky today. The fighting Wendell Green Juniors of <laughs> Eastern Kentucky. I don't know much else about Eastern Kentucky I suspect you do. Yeah, I feel like you've probably run into them on the. I know Western. Yeah, you know, I know a ton about Western Kentucky. You hear, yep. all, you hear about Western all the time, but right. uh, but no Eastern a, uh, uh, a little, you know a little bit uh, a little bit more of an upstart as a as a D one program. Yeah, they're uh, in Richmond, Kentucky, which is uh, right outside of Lexington, not far from Lexington. And in the old days, one uh, AA football, Roy Kidd was a head football coach there, very successful, was there forever. And uh, always had pretty good athletic teams. I don't think they'll hang with us in baseball. The weather's probably been pretty bad up there, so I don't know how much time they've had outside, too. That's always, you know, when those northern teams – well, not northern, but northern than us, <laughs> if that's a word. Places that experience yeah, more of a winter right, right. Than, than we it's do. It's tough I to I get know. out. Outside, I guess, so – I think it'll be uh, it's probably part of the reason they would schedule a game like this, right? Is, and, is to have and the, a lot the of those teams do make the trip through the South, or especially early in the season, which is smart. Yeah, I imagine in the in the Sun Belt MAC Challenge that I just uh, I just got done uh, traveling through this this past week, and, and I have heard from the from the office of the commissioner that they they will be doing it next year too. Okay, so we'll have different matchups 
in the MAC. We saw Ball State at home right. and Bowling Green on the road. But I'm sure back in back in November, those those MAC schools were happy to get a, a visit to Mobile or or Lafayette, Louisiana, or uh, Myrtle Beach. You know, some of these places that are and and Troy. I would I would love yeah. to there Atlanta, Statesboro, like some very nice. Uh, communities in the southeast that probably aren't experiencing the same kind of winter that you get in I don't know Ypsilanti right or or, <laughs> yeah. or, or Buffalo right you know some of those sure. some of those places Buffalo. in the uh, some of those places now we have Marshall who used to be right. in the MAC and that's that's not so much of a it never gets tropical no up in, that's up a in, very depressing area <laughs> it, you know but but it is if you if if you go there, like so, I I was some of the scenery is breathtaking, right? In, in Marshall, right? Like you're right. I mean, it, it does get it does sort of stay dreary and and mm-hmm. seemingly overcast. There's an endless supply of clouds coming from right. those, uh, uh, you know, especially in cold country. Yeah, uh, in there, you know, the closer you get to some of those hills, but uh, but no, I mean, some of the way I I've lived in very flat places all my life, and so I went up to West Virginia, and I was I was really impressed by, um, you know how how close to very mountainous terrain, very hilly terrain. You'd have uh, just a you know fairly a fairly mundane, a normal street, you know, for people to uh, uh, to try to live their uh, try try to live their lives. It's uh, it, it, a lot of different. You know, it's wild to think like Huntington or Boone or something in the same mm-hmm. same same uh, conference as uh, San Marcos or a Troy or something right. like that. You know, very very different types of places. But mm-hmm. that's the uh, it's the way of the world now. I have not been on the show. That's Don Dunn, by the way. He was he's been here. He's been around lately. He's a uh, former Auburn defensive line coach, the pit master. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ju- Justin Ferguson giving you a shout out on the uh, on the Observer podcast uh, last night. We're all we're all big fans. Uh, I have Appreciate not been on. That. I have not been on the show since the Auburn South Carolina game, which I you know, I was I was able to go and talking with Justin Ferguson and Justin Lee at halftime. Even though Auburn had had a tendency to let comfortable leads slip away in the second half of some of these conference games, I thought everything was trending in the wrong direction for South Carolina. Like That was a game where South Carolina needed to have a great first 10 or 12 minutes right. and build up a, a lead, build up a pad. Right. When, so when Auburn sort of normalized, South Carolina wouldn't be in huge trouble and instead – I mean, South Carolina took 30 or 31 shots in the first half against Auburn. I think they were all contested. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, know, I don't know how many good looks they had the entire, certainly the first half. And, and when you're down 20 and the other team is playing defense like that and the crowd is Neville Arena, mm-hmm. like it, it's, only, it's seemingly only going to get worse. And it did for South Carolina. They're not a like, – they're a team – that is really good at taking advantage of the the opposing team's defensive mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like when the other team makes a mistake on defense trying to jump for a steal or trying to block a shot or uh, they, they, don't, they don't take the right route around or over a screen uh, and, and the other guy has a, an open three-pointer because of it. Like th- those kind of things, South Carolina is great at, at pouncing on those sort of mistakes to get – favorable looks and they'll work the shot clock all the way down in hopes that you'll make a mistake like that mm-hmm. and Auburn didn't make one Auburn possession after possession South Carolina would have to take a contested shot near the end of the shot clock because the mistake they were hoping would materialize from Auburn never happened Auburn never jumped for the pass 
trying to steal it and missed. Auburn never reached in. Auburn didn't foul. That's another big part of South Carolina's game plan is that you're going to foul over uh, possession after possession that asks you to play defense for 25, 27, 28 seconds. So the way Auburn and, and Auburn shooting the ball only increased the pressure on South Carolina, but the way Auburn defended in the first half set that game up to be a blowout. And then Auburn was able to take advantage with, uh, with, with uh, quality offense and turn it into – I mean, I, I don't – Bruce has never beaten a team – uh, I don't know if it's conference or just in general. I don't know if he'd beaten a team by 40 before. Uh, I mean, I think the, the all-time Auburn in-conference play margin of victory record is the Iron Bowl game where they beat Alabama by 56. But, I mean, Auburn doesn't have that many 40-point SEC wins in its history in men's basketball. Bruce has one now, and it was yeah just a, just a thorough – throttling of a South Carolina team that that came in as a, a three seed in, in a lot of uh, a lot of bracket projections a team that uh, deserves all the accolades that it's getting going into the season they just they just had things had I mean they it's one of those games where you felt like they I mean they were five to one underdog at tip-off and some people were well why why is the line the way it is and it's because South Carolina certainly on that night you know, they needed to throw a no hitter like they needed to throw a perfect game to stay with Auburn and they it was a home run derby instead like it was the it was the the exact opposite of uh of a, of a no hitter so yeah I think that's a I mean it's a huge confidence boost for I, I think it's it's I mean you can say it's a huge confidence boost Auburn went in extremely confident based on the way they played what I think a slow start or a poor performance against South Carolina would have would have had some of the bad feelings from Florida lingering and instead you have uh Janai Broom and Jalen Williams playing like a supersized version of uh Jared Harper and Bryce Brown. Like they're hitting they're hitting their Threes. three point. I mean yeah. yeah it's amazing. Yeah. And and like Bruce said, when a when your front court is shooting from three like that, it opens up everything your offense wants to do because now your other the other team's rim protectors have to go and try to guard the perimeter. They have to do things that are outside the comfort zone, and teams can take advantage of that. And Auburn took advantage of it against South Carolina. South Carolina was already a team with somewhat shaky rim protection. I thought Janai and Jalen would have a big game around the basket. Instead, South Carolina overloaded around the basket to stop that. Janai and Jalen had good looks from three all night, and, and they were able to, to take advantage. I think Kentucky, physically a tougher matchup because of the way – they, uh, you know, the, the way Calipari has recruited and assembled a roster of of projected lottery picks. I think I think Kentucky is more comfortable getting into an up and down uh, track meet game where both teams are shooting after ten or fifteen seconds. Kentucky is the opposite. Kentucky is not trying to play for 25, 28 seconds to get your defense to make a mistake. Kentucky's trying to do what they do, and if 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 your defense you know overloads and Kentucky has to switch to something else, they'll. They'll try that, but it's a uh, uh, it's it's a it's going to be a different matchup, and I suspect I suspect Auburn has a close game on their hands tomorrow night. So what what I keep I keep coming back to it, maybe Auburn can can repeat the performance from Wednesday night and dismantle another uh, another ranked SEC team that everyone thinks is going to the tournament. I, I kind of think this one could be more of a 
every possession matters in the last few minutes, and the team that out-executes uh, is the team that's going to be able to win the game. Yeah, it's uh, going to be a, a fun game for the fans, nerve-wracking for the fans. But uh, you know, like we were talking earlier, uh, Trey Mitchell, I think that's his name, is out for Kentucky, which helps us. But, uh, yeah, the other the, going back to South Carolina, I've never seen a more complete game out of a team. And uh, I was shocked. I thought South Carolina would give us a fit because I watched them just destroy Tennessee in Knoxville. So what a huge win. What a great bounce back, like you said, Dan, after the Florida game. you were We were a little nervous. Didn't know really what to expect out of Auburn Wednesday night. But they came out, you know, blazing. And like you said, that first five or ten minutes was crucial. Did, did you, as, as, a, as a defensive line coach, did you find over the course of a season that there was a benefit to playing in a lot of close games because your team was maybe more apt to staying calm later in the year? The pressure wouldn't get to them the way it would if it was their first close game of the season? Because I do think that if, if this is a one-possession game uh, tomorrow, that will be a benefit for both teams going into the NCAA tournament because that's going to be an experience they'll be able to to call up. That's a learning experience yeah. against a tournament-caliber opponent before you go and play tournament-caliber opposition in a month. Yeah, I think you're right. It, and it, you think back on March Madness, how so many of those games are one possession, down to the wire, free throws under pressure. Uh, and when you blow people out every game or get blown out, um, it's a it's a different animal when you're in that you know one and done we're done if we don't you know if we don't handle our situation when possessions suddenly right. become every when... every possession every foul shot every foul uh, yeah I, I think it's good to have some close games even an overtime game if you win <laughs> now the night the night of a close game you're not saying that as a no coach. no you're a nervous wreck and uh, uh, I always like to win and win big. <laughs> But uh, you know that you know you look back at that Mississippi State game, you know three to two. Looking back, I I thought it was great. Everybody else wanted to hang us because we couldn't score. But as a defensive guy, I loved it. But it was nerve wracking, and uh, it it's it's crazy three to two in a college football game. No, and and, and I think there's there, there's something to even even in college football, we've seen seasons where oh this team was this team. Uh, didn't take a good punch all season long. This team dominated, and the moment the games start to get close, it's you know they're they're not they're they're not in their element right. anymore because it's a one possession game. Everybody gets tight. Pe yes, people, coaches included. People would say that about even though I think they should have won the game. The mm -hmm. uh, the Miami team that lost to Ohio State right twenty years ago that was that was maybe their first close game of the season. Right, it was the one that went into overtime. Maybe they played one other close game, but that team had dominated. The USC team. That beat uh, that lost to Vince Young mm -hmm. had had largely been unchallenged throughout that year and found right. themselves in a, in a close very close game, game at the end. Yeah, so it, that's that's something it, that I don't know. Either there there is a benefit, especially yeah. with the way college basketball postseason is right. structured. Right. Not not that you want to be the downside to playing in a ton of close games is that you could lose a bunch of them and then you're not in the tournament at all. Right. Because your win loss record yeah. isn't good enough. But if you're if you're getting that experience, and I guess even South Carolina, although I'm I'm skeptical of South Carolina as a tournament team, like I do wonder if they're gonna run into a situation where a team is ready for their style and and close to them in talent and it's it's not gonna go all that well. 
for South Carolina. But even South Carolina, like I think that's a that's a team that's played a ton of close games, mm-hmm. and maybe that's going to benefit them when it's NCAA tournament time and the uh, and, and they they start uh, getting up against teams that 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 haven't had the benefit of playing in all those games where where every possession. I think it was Coach Jay who said mm-hmm. this recently that every possession is personal. Right. Like every every you know she, that, that's what she wants in a point guard is mm-hmm. someone where where every possession is personal and and yeah when those when those possessions get personal at the end uh, that that's uh, that that's where that experience could really pay off. Yep. Yep. We got a uh, we got Shane on the line, don't we? You want to do that? Let's get you know, okay. We'll take we'll get to Shane and then we'll take a break. Shane is on the line. What's up, Shane? Awesome. Hi guys. Um, I was just going to talk a little bit of baseball real quick. Um, I know uh, Vandy is our opener, SEC opener, and I don't know if you if you attention to scores around the country, but they almost just lost at home to FAU, uh, eleven to twelve. Had to score three runs in the ninth to come back <laughs> and win that game. So, how how uh, I know I know they're ranked like sixth in the country. You know, LSU uh, struggled against uh, I forgot who they played like. Uh, they're still playing, I think. It's it's uh it's like a tied at eight or something. Is it LSU baseball? It's not not dominant. You know, they're 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 uh, they won, but they only won by two or something. You know, it's not dominant. You know, right now to begin with, do you think the, that's gonna it's gonna they're all gonna warm up or do do um you know do we think we can we can hold our own against some of these higher echelon teams in the in the SEC? And I know y'all have a break, so. You know, after that, maybe I'll talk about that for a minute. I'll tell you what. I think LSU, when when you – I don't care who you are. When you're trying to replace the first and second overall picks in the draft in college baseball, there might be a drop-off to the subsequent year. LSU had Paul Skeens, who was one of the best college baseball pitchers of, of, the, you know, of, of recent history. Uh, they had an outfielder who would have been the first overall pick if it weren't for Paul Skeens. Like, this is a – uh, it, it's a tall task for any program to try to absorb that and uh, and, and keep things moving. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I would still, you know, I mean, there's still a lot of lot of high quality teams in this conference that if you if you can keep your head above water and you can stay postseason eligible, as we've seen. I mean, a couple of years ago, you know, a couple of years ago, Ole Miss was the last team in the field in the NCAA baseball tournament, and they won the whole thing. Like they were the last team to get in because. I mean that's yeah. that's the and that's that's one thing playing in the league presents you is that you know all, I mean you'd love to you'd love to hang a banner you'd love to win a ring as the conference champion, uh, but but getting in the tournament and surviving outlasting the field to 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 get to the postseason is a huge accomplishment itself and it can put you in a position to uh, to to make some noise uh, if you get in. We're gonna take a break. Good stuff, Shane. We're gonna come back with more. You're listening to the Friday edition of the Drive. Stick around. Attention large property owners. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. The... Friday edition of the drive. I can't hear anything over here, Drew. It's this thing. Yeah, it's that plug. Gonna, I gotta take Maxwell's silver hammer to it over the uh, break. <laughs> yeah. We'll get that from the Wing Studio. Beatles reference for you. Uh, the uh, uh, no, the, so so big big weekend in 
You think I should try it in that one? Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'll stall in the meantime. You got you got one of those uh, get one of those plugs I can try. Oh, it's okay. But it's, all right. Anyways, I I think I just fixed it. Uh, the I can hear myself this way. So the uh, the 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 weekend in college basketball, Auburn looking to. I mean, it's it's been a it's it's been a huge week for Auburn. They're capping it off with college game day and Kentucky tomorrow. If Auburn can win. I think it would be, I mean, it, 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 after beating a ranked opponent by 40 on Wednesday night to to hold off Kentucky would cap. I mean, and it's what's amazing is there really haven't been, there haven't been that many ranked versus ranked SEC games in the history of Neville Arena. Like, we're still in fairly new ground right. with Auburn being a ranked team welcoming in a ranked opponent i think it had just been just a handful before this season and now we're getting two in the same week mm-hmm. uh, and, and this one this one being kentucky like i think it would be a uh, yeah it would, it would be a, a, a massive opportunity for auburn not just to to pick up a quad one win and and work their way up the ncaa tournament draw but yeah it's sort of a crowning moment for bruce pearl after these five or six seasons of consistently having with the with the exception i know the the Sharif Cooper team didn't stay in the hunt for the regular season title all that often. But since, I mean, since the, the fall of 2017, like Bruce has had a consistent championship contender in the league practically every single season. He's had the best team in the SEC since the fall of 2017, if you go by wins or if you go by conference wins. And I think that college game day – and uh, an opportunity on national television against Kentucky, it's it's sort of a uh, you know the teams teams got to take care of business, but it's a it's a chance to uh, it, it it's a chance you know for for a, a lot of recognition for what what Bruce Pearl has built uh, here at uh, here at Auburn over these last few seasons. Yeah, he's done an excellent job, and you know, being from Kentucky, I know my buddies back home, they know what it means to play at Auburn and to play Auburn years past. You know, just another game. But it's so hard to come here with what the coach has built, the crowd, the arena, the excitement. And they have good players, very good players. And, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a eye-opener for some of these young Kentucky players coming in here. The crowd alone, even though they play, you know, to packed houses, it's it's different here. It is, and it's 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 crazy when Kentucky goes on the road virtually anywhere you know Kentucky's one of those programs that tends to get uh, somebody's best shot right but the crowd tomorrow will not be because of Kentucky that's no. become a fairly commonplace scene yeah. at Neville Arena it's every game it'll it'll be it'll be Neville Arena cranked up to to maximum to maximum uh, volume maximum capacity uh, you know maximum throttle <laughs> uh, but, but it's uh, but I think it'll still be you know it'll it'll be what you see when you when you see Neville Arena uh, playing a uh, play, playing a big game and it's a big game right for, and a confident Kentucky team because they can look at Ole Miss and say you know we're one and zero full strength you know every single loss Kentucky had even even the win at Florida last month for Kentucky they could say we weren't at full strength we didn't have our full allotment of players now they do and if Kentucky wins tomorrow they're sitting there with the same record in conference as Auburn. They would just be two back of first place, uh, and assuming Alabama wins, mm-hmm. and Kentucky would have an opportunity to make some noise and make a push 
down the stretch in the regular season. So I think this is a uh, this is a really big game against a team. I'm I'm down on South Carolina as a tournament team. I suspect Kentucky is going to keep getting better over this next month, and and they'll be uh, they will they will be no fun in next month's NCAA tournament because of of what uh of of the 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 potential of so many of those pieces that are still. Uh, figuring things out with with one another three three four three two one thirteen ninety the number to dial I think I fixed it uh, let's get to uh, uh, let's get to the phone is Bill yeah. on the line what's up Bill hey guys I was going to switch gears a little bit since we got Coach Dunn on the uh, on site and uh, Coach Dunn you know you had that uh, staff together at Auburn for pretty much ten years Knox uh, Eddie Grand. Yourself, Hugh Nall, and uh, some probably other people I can't remember. Terry Price. You think that'll ever happen again? It seems like coaches move pretty much year to year now. You think that, that day is all gone? Probably. Um, we were very fortunate. I was very lucky. My son was able to go through his whole education here and the university. So very fortunate. But, yeah, Bill, I, I think that's a, those days are over. Uh, maybe three years together. Uh, there's so much money now in coaching. It's changed. The demands on coaches have, is a lot tougher now with the portal, with the no days off. Uh, it's just it's so much harder. If you're, if you're a family guy and got young kids, you're not going to see them. And I think a lot of these guys, what you're seeing now, are their goal is to get into the pros because it's easier. But – that was an unusual situation. Really, we were 14 years together if you count the Ford Ole Miss. So that's unheard of. And you're right, Bill. I don't think that'll, that'll happen again. I think the uh, the closest thing to that you got right now is I want to say Kirk Ferentz has a staff that's been together yeah. for 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 a long time at Iowa. Like he's got a court. I mean, Probably. And I know he just had to he just had to push <laughs> he had to push out his son. <laughs> Um, there to, to keep uh, to keep everything uh, you know to keep everything keep together. But, but yeah, but I think he's had like the the defensive coordinator has been there since yeah. ninety nine or yeah. two thousand. And there's yeah, another guy that, on the that's staff. That's probably who's true. Been, like Kirk, Kirk, but but it's it's not. Uh, it doesn't appear to be in fashion the way it was uh, earlier in in Kirk Ferentz's tenure when you could point to a lot of programs in college football uh, that that had uh, long long tenured assistants. For a long, I mean, look, you don't have that many long tenured head coaches, right? I mean, that's you think, another thing. You think about like in two thousand four or two thousand five, you looked around the league, and there were there were quite a few coaches who were fairly entrenched in, in their spot and had had assistants who had been with them a long time. I mean, now with the with the departure of with the departure of Saban, I believe Eli is your is your longest tenured. No, that's not right. That's uh, it's it's Kirby. Kirby. Probably. I think Kirby would be your longest tenured. Yeah. SEC head coach. Head coach. Yeah. And you know, I mean, that's it feels like that wasn't. It, it hasn't been there that long. I mean, <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, since you since you brought up Kirby, uh, I think you know Coach Dunn will probably understand what I'm saying with this. But I'd be one of the better Kirby Smart doesn't coach at Georgia all that much longer. Uh, he he's a young man. He's a young family. This uh, this the grind. Uh, just just what I hear about. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. much more intense than what I heard. I don't think you're going to see the the uh, the coaches going to, into the late sixties or seventies anymore as head coaches. I think they're going to, in his case, win ex- extremely well and pick up a lot of a lot of championships. But I don't 
I don't see Kirby Smart coaching into his to his sixties. Do you? I don't think so. And uh, you know, he's made plenty of money. Uh, he's he's set for life, and you know, he does have a young family. And uh, you're probably right. I'd say maybe two or three more years, but who knows? Yeah, that, that I'm, you know, and I've never done that sort of thing. But <clears throat> I'm sure it, it was probably tough when you did it, Coach Dunn, but now I can't imagine what these guys are going through. The, uh, like you said, there's no there's no, yeah, there's yeah. no off time anymore. There's, there's no downtime, and we were fortunate. You know, that we had a dead period. We got some time off after signing date, a couple of days off. Uh, we had, you know, some time after the bowl game before the recruiting period picked back up. The summers were – we had our camps, and then we had a couple weeks off in the summer. But now these guys, they don't have any time off. And especially yeah. the month of December is what's killing them. If you're in a bowl game, if you're in the playoffs, you've got to take care of your own team. you got to prepare. you got to recruit. And you got to recruit your own players, which we never really had to do that. And that that's crazy. I do wonder, and we appreciate the phone call, Bill. Good stuff. I, I do wonder if we will see a course correction with the bowl games if the college football playoff grows to a certain number. Because I just wonder, I mean, it's already getting harder to convince the players that it's a reward worth participating in unless we're talking about a historic bowl game for the school mm-hmm. or a college football playoff appearance or something like that. Uh, it, you know, it seems like we're seeing more opt-outs than ever before, not just from players that are transferring or players going to the NFL draft, but players deciding not to participate in a bowl game. And I, I just I wonder if, if the number of bowl games will need to decrease, certainly as the college football playoff uh, games grow. I mean, that the game's already, you know, and any... Any concern you have about making the Bulls feel like consolation prizes will be magnified. Mm-hmm. Right? Like any any of that will only increase as you take the Bulls and put them, uh, you know, and and put them in contrast to playoff games. And so yeah. I just I do wonder if, and maybe that'll lighten the load for some of the coaches that you won't mm-hmm. have as many programs preparing for the postseason uh, because some of these Bulls it feels inevitable. Right. Some of these polls need to, uh, uh, you know, pro- probably need to see or or go or go out of their way to reach out to mid majors, mm-hmm. group of five programs that yep. would be be happy to be there because I think it's going to be tough to sell a six and six SEC team that thought they were going to the college football playoff that that this trip to El Paso is you know is is uh, is is worth their while. Yeah, and and the, the the main thing is if you don't make the playoffs, say you're an SEC team six and six. Your fan base thinks you're a failure, and you may be, you know, doing the best job in the world. So that's a lot more added pressure on these coaches. We're getting closer to the bowls. A lot of these bowls will just be sponsored by sports books, right? And it will be acknowledged that this bowl game largely exists to provide television product and to provide Betty. something for people to bet on, right? And and there will, you know, I I wonder I wonder how comfortable the NCAA would be <laughs> with. You know, with a sports book slapping their name on a bowl as the as the sponsor, but if it's that or the bowl goes away, uh, money. You know, yeah, you, you do. Money tends to win. Money talks. Money tends. Money tends to win. <laughs> Let's take a break. Uh, we got. Uh, we got. We got. We got a caller hanging on. We'll get to. Uh, we'll get to him when he comes back. Uh, stick around. You are listening to the Friday edition of the Drive.
844-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Friday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Coach Don Dunn hanging out. Bill Cameron at opening day at the ballpark. Auburn and Eastern Kentucky. You can catch those games on, I think we got those on AU100. Might have that one wrong. Is is it 96.3? All right. Auburn Network proudly airing Auburn baseball games. I'm going to get a bunch of angry text messages because I did not know (laughs) before before I spoke. I did not know which radio station it is that uh, we got a lot of them here. You know, I don't know how much of that is uh, uh, is uh, well. Some of that's on me. I probably should know that one, but uh, we've got a uh, yeah. So so we well, and, you know, we should, you should check out the podcast earlier this week. We had a great interview with Butch Thompson, Auburn uh, baseball coach, uh, about the uh, uh, about the the upcoming season and and all the stuff he's excited about. So you should uh, you should check that out as we. Uh, as as Auburn baseball uh, has the series this weekend against Eastern Kentucky, a bunch of quad one games in the uh, in the in the Auburn uh, in the Auburn schedule before they get into SEC play, and then Auburn hopefully looking to uh, to get back uh, to the uh, to, to the postseason. Also, want to say thanks again to Vic at Hungry Howie's, our guy who uh, helped us uh, drop a bunch of pizzas off for the students camping out outside of Neville Arena in anticipation of tomorrow night's Auburn-Kentucky game. So, again, big shout-out to Vic at Hungry Howie's on South College, 826-5555. Hungry Howie's on all the different socials, hungryhowie's.com. You can order online. And, uh, and we're all big fans of Hungry Howie's uh, here in the studio. So you should definitely check that one out uh, as, uh, as, uh, as, as Vic uh, supporting uh, the, uh, the, the, the folks. I know he listens to the show. And uh, and like you said, Coach Dunn, it's uh, it's good product. Yes, they got there at uh, at, at Hungry Howie's. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety is the number to dial for this show. And let's get to the phones. Inspector is on the line. What's up, Specter? Hey, I uh, just want to give you a NASCAR update. You know, uh, this year, uh, Camry and the Mustangs got a different body style, and. Uh, they're not sure how they're going to perform this year, but so far it looks like the Toyotas are doing pretty good. They they've won the first three races, and uh, so Daytona's going to be a big trial for them. And the, let let me tell you, um, do you know, Specter? Like, do you know who the favorite is to win Daytona? Well, uh, let me ask you. Not, not, do you know the favorite? I'm going to pull it up right now, and I was going to see if your guess would be. Uh, uh, if, Mine's if, Larson. I think Larson. All right. The gambling favorite to win the Daytona 500 is Brad Keselowski, the only the only driver with odds greater than ten to one to win Sunday's race well, is uh, is 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 Keselowski. Well, that's because of the experience that he has. Kyle, Kyle Busch uh, and Denny. Know, Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin are both at ten to one. Blaney and Logano are right behind them. Chase Elliott's fourteen to one. Kyle Larson's fifteen to one. Uh, Bubba Wallace twenty to one. Truex Jr. Uh, twenty five to one. Among some of the uh, among some of the bigger names. Well, I think Chris Lasky's going to have a hard time with this new body style on the, on the Mustang. Uh, in these first two uh, qualifying races for Daytona, the Fords didn't do that well at all. Yeah, there <laughs> were some there were some surprises right out of the LA race as far as who looked good and who didn't. They get. There were some surprises out of the L.A. thing, right, as far as who looked good and uh, and, and who didn't? 
Yeah, well, it's just a short track, and it was, you know, it was supposed to have been a dirt track, but they had to, they had to put some asphalt down because of the rains out there. Yeah, they could have. It, w- it wasn't going to be dirt. It was going to be. It wasn't even going to be mud. It was going to be water if they tried yeah, to race exactly. on that track. <laughs> but Toyota were wanting that too. So, but anyway, what I will tell you is, I think Daytona's going to get washed out Sunday. It's, they're probably running Monday. Ugh. It's a ninety percent chance of rain Sunday. Takes the takes a lot takes some of the energy out of it when they can't complete the race because yeah, the because uh, the weather. Well, the, Chev- the, Chev- the Chevrolets are looking look strong though. They're, you know, I think uh, Larson would have won his race the, the qualifying race, the first one, the, the dual race for number one. But Denny Hamlin pulled down in front of him, bumped him, and he got got Wiggly out there and went back to back back of the pack. So. Denny Hamlin's back to his old tricks of being nasty and dirty. Classic, classic Denny Hamlin is is what you yeah. meant, and he's yeah. and he's near the top. He's near the top of the race, and I, I think uh, uh, folks. So I guess there's there's increased. I haven't watched the show myself, but I guess there's a there's a Netflix documentary following a couple of NASCAR drivers around, and Denny Hamlin's one of them, uh, who's uh, you know, and and he's got his his popularity has grown in the last couple of months from uh, for, from this show, but. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of folks that aren't aren't crazy well, about that. Are a lot of crazy, a lot of folks aren't crazy about that style, there, Specter. No, that if if you go to the track, he's not a big he's not a big fan of the track. He gets a lot of booze, and his famous saying now, if he wins, his saying is, "I beat your driver, didn't I?" <laughs> and this would be this would be his fourth Daytona if he won on if, yeah. if he won this weekend, that which would put him in pretty uh pretty pretty rare company. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Good, good, good stuff, Specter. Hopefully, the race okay. uh, is is able to be run. But uh, no, we got we got uh, we got people who asked me this week about Specter's NASCAR preview, the Daytona preview. So I'm glad you called in. Good stuff, Specter. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. The number to dial. We'll take a break. It's a big big event on on Sunday for the folks who are into you know folks who are into NASCAR. That that you know Daytona's a still a still a very big day. I went to a when I was younger, uh, Coach Dunn. I went to a very rowdy Daytona party in Crestview, Florida, <laughs> for some folks that were, you know, a couple, couple, couple people. I'll tell you how heated it got. A couple people were rooting for one driver. A couple people were rooting yep. for the other driver. And not everybody could stay at the party, right? Because it was getting a little. Oh, he's, you know, and oh yeah, they take it serious. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I've, so I also saw uh, I also saw a similar conversation at a pro wrestling show. Oh yeah. We were watching. <laughs> All right, so we will be back. Uh, we got one more segment to go here on the Friday edition of the Drive. Coach Don Dunn hanging out. Dan Peck in the studio. Drew at the controls. Stick around. <laughs> Experience and knowledge from the pro. Peck on ESPN 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Friday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Coach Don Dunn hanging out. Coach, how are uh, how are things going with the big renovation? Going great. Okay. Uh, if you've been by countries lately, uh have the big security fence up uh, you can park next door in the old car lot we do have a golf cart that will take you over if you have you know don't want to walk uh it's exciting it's long overdue i know larry's a, a nervous wreck it's supposed to be done by july 
but it's uh, going to be a beautiful, big, brand-new uh, uh, building right next to the old one. Then they'll tear the old one down. That will be parking. Hasn't uh, hasn't impacted people's ability to, to place carryout orders either? <laughs> no. It, so far, so good. Good. Uh, you know, we, we were concerned that it might slow some people down from, from coming, but so far, so good. And uh, that's part of building up a loyal, a yeah. loyal following yeah. over these last yeah. couple. It's going to take more than take, going to take more than a different parking lot. Yeah, to and, keep people from knowing because you know, they know the barbecue is good. Right. And the, the, last night I did uh, thir- well, not I, but we did thirty butts for the Auburn Ooh. track team for their fundraisers. All right. And that, we were one of the few uh, in town that that did that for them, so we were happy to do that. I just saw where Tiger Woods withdrew. Yeah, Tiger Woods not feeling not feeling up to it. I just I do yeah. wonder if it's going to be more of a special attraction. Yeah, thing than a, that's too bad. Uh, the, especially with the Masters uh, yeah. coming up uh, pretty soon too. Like and that. I wanted to give a shout out to the young lady from Iowa. Yeah, Caitlin Clark. Wow, I think she scored the first eight points and had twenty four in the first quarter. I don't know if we've ever been in a situation where the most famous college basketball player of the moment is uh, playing women's basketball. But From that's, Iowa. that's where we have right now. I mean, for for Caitlin Clark, I yeah. mean, she is uh, she, she is as she has transcended her sport. She has transcended college athletics. She is uh, she, she is one of the most famous. Like, I'm, I'm sure that. When Caitlin Clark starts playing in the postseason, it's gonna it's gonna shatter viewership records for women's basketball. Yeah. And uh, and I'm I'm do I do wonder uh, you know if the Troy Trojans make the tournament, they're mm-hmm. sitting there on that 15 line, 16 line. Wow, like maybe we're maybe we're sitting there. Wouldn't as that a, be great? Oh man, I mean, I, I, I it would be if if Troy gets in, you know, the way the tournament is structured, they're probably looking at a they're probably looking at at being one of the one of the last few seeds in the tournament and so you're playing a road game against a one seed or a two seed or a three seed in the first round in that situation yeah Yeah, i mean i think part of the i mean yes you'd love to pull off the upset the dream for everyone in the tournament is to win the championship yeah playing in a place like that right is in in a in a high stakes game is part Mm -hmm. of the reward Oh, yeah. Of making it, and if you get to win, wow. then, then you've got an incredible story on your hands. But but, right. they, but the journey itself is, uh, is is something really special. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, Caitlin Clark, though, a um, it, it's it's an enormous. And I do, I, I don't know enough about the economics of professional women's basketball. If if it could be more worth her while because of the platform to be in college for another year mm-hmm. and and drawing yeah. these sellout houses with with wrap around you know with around the block. Yeah, the blockbuster crowd. I, I saw her on a State Farm commercial last night, so it might be better to stay in college. Right. I mean, I, I do. I do wonder if there's, uh, yeah. you know, if, if if there's if there's a consideration there uh, that that probably doesn't exist for the top, the top pick in the men's basketball draft right. because of of the of the economics of the NBA yeah. versus the W uh, NBA. Want to say again, big shout out to Vic. At Hungry Howie's on South College, eight two six five 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 five. Vic helped us drop off. We're gonna have him on. Check out ESPN one zero six seven social media. I don't know if I told this story in the air. I delivered pizza today to a guy in a hammock uh, <laughs> at the uh, you know among the people waiting outside of Neville Arena uh, for uh, for for the for the game tomorrow. But a, but a crowd unlike anything I've ever seen on campus before uh, is there. Check it out if you get the chance. Uh, tonight or, or tomorrow morning uh, before uh, college game day, but it's going to be uh, yeah, it should, should be an amazing sight as as Auburn plays Kentucky tomorrow night at Neville Arena in in what should be one of the uh, yeah one of the more uh, exciting 
uh, memorable games in in the history of in the short history of of that building. 